Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week 11 of the Globro Saints Show. Saints get the win out in Tampa Bay 34-17, bringing their overall record to 8-2 with a three-game lead in the division with the Carolina Panthers sitting in second place at 5-5. Five five. We'll get to them later on with our preview, but James, take it away. Yeah, so uh, as you know, the Huda Nation, we're happy to get the victory. Um, we started out really strong, which I think was a great sign since we hadn't scored a whole lot of points in the first half this year. Um, was pretty disappointed with uh, not shutting the door in the second half when we built up that big 20 to nothing lead. But overall, I um, think it was an overall uh, great game, great game plan by the coaches. Uh, all three phases, I thought, played pretty well. A um, lot to talk about in this game. I do have probably one controversial thing to bring up. But um, I thought it was pretty obvious once I saw it. So uh, I will definitely want to share and get into that in a little bit. But overall, um, you had your, your three primary weapons, uh, Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas, doing what they always do. Cook had a couple big plays, which was great. Um, but definitely want to get into it. But I think the story of the first, the first quarter, for sure, was the defense. Uh, they came out really uh, guns blazing, I think, um, with Lattimore being out, I think he challenged the secondary to step it up, and uh, they did that. Uh, they gave up a couple of big plays, but not much, especially with that explosive duo of uh, Godwin and Evans, and came away with four. Yes, I said four Jameis Winston picks, which was uh, very, very impressive. No doubt. A couple points I want to make on that. Uh, looking at what Peyton said after the game, uh, I know we're kind of jumping a little bit, but it's basically a, a review there. It's a game talking about last week. You, you know, you just want to move forward. Not to, to credit your point, I did think we came out pretty quick. Now, just a disclaimer here, uh, I'm in Baton Rouge at the moment uh, for a conference, so I was only able to watch the first quarter, uh, maybe a little bit into the second quarter. So uh, I'm defaulting to James today for uh, most chime in with that. But uh, to your point that we started out quick today and how that unfortunately has not been a facet of our team recently, Drew Brees' 16-yard touchdown pass to Michael Thomas in the first quarter was his first passing touchdown in the first half of a game. Oh, you went out there, bro. Not sure what's happening over there in Baton Rouge. Um... Maybe the intranet, as some people call it, is just not up to snuff. Um, not sure. Hopefully he'll join. What was the back. last thing you heard? Hey, there he is. Um, first touchdown pass in the first half, and then we got silence. Uh, building up the anticipation. It was the first Breeze touchdown pass in the first half of a game since, would you like to take a guess? November of last year. Week. Week job something. james week something but it it he kind of blanked out again not sure if this is going to be a harbinger of things to come for the remaining 41 minutes all right we'll do our best james we'll do our best yeah so let's get back into it uh game starts off Taysom's uh getting the kick in in Devontae hall uh harris's spot and he bobbles it drops the kick return and only gets the 15 yard line um, not the best. Deontay. Deontay. Not Devontae. Devontae. Him too. <laughs> I think I, I've called him that every time we've spoke. So, um, 
in any case, wasn't the way we wanted to start the game. Got the ball at the 15-yard line. Um, but, hey, at least we got the ball. We drove down and at least came away with three points. Um, we had – I took a note that on the third and eight that stopped that drive, it was a horrific attempt at a block by Ted Ginn uh, on that, that little uh, screenplay. Uh, but Will Lutch drills the field goal and extends his NFL record 36th made field goal in a row on the road, which I was unaware of until the broadcast uh, made us aware of that. So uh, very impressive. Um, the whole first quarter, we shut them down. Uh, I took some quick notes at the end of the first quarter. Uh, we had eight first downs. They had zero total yards, 144 to six. And the time of possession was 13 minutes and 19 seconds to one minute and 41 seconds. I mean, that was total domination. Um, we should have been up much more than the 6 nothing, but we totally uh, dominated, quite frankly. Um, now, I wasn't crazy. In the second uh, drive we had, we had a third and goal from about the 8, and we threw a three-yard pass. I, I don't understand that. Um, I don't know if he just hopes we're going to make have folks that, you know, make other other tacklers miss, make missed tackles. I can't speak tonight because I'm thrown off by the Baton Rouge. Uh, that was impressive. Can you say that sentence again? It was a Mike Clarieism. Uh, anyway, make a long story short, we threw a three-yard pass on third and goal, third and eight, and I hate when we do that. And we do it a lot, and we we did it a lot today, not only for touchdowns, but – even uh, third and longs, where we do the five and out on a eight yard, you know, t to gain play, and usually it's I a Josh Hill screen. Yeah, well, we did have one of those today. Um, I, I think we're just conservative, but I'm going to tell you why I think we're that conservative a little bit later. That's called a teaser. Um, I thought Kiko showed up a lot today. I wrote his name down several times. Uh, I think it doesn't take a genius to know that Kiko Alonso can play linebacker against the pass and cover folks 20 times better than A.J. Klein. It seems like every time there's a big third down catch by a tight end, who's covering him? With uh, A.J. Klein. That would be A.J. Klein. Yes, that would be. Um, in any case, I do think in Deontay Harris's uh, absence, Kamar did a great job on some punt returns. He caught one. Uh, very low kick. He had some momentum catching it, and he zipped right up the field for 27-yard gain, which was great. Um, it, another thing I think happened was interesting was Murray dropped a screen pass uh, early in the second quarter, and we didn't see him again for almost another quarter and a half. So I don't know if he went, got in the doghouse or what happened there, but uh, I don't think they were too happy about that dropped uh, little screenplay they had at that time. Uh, Troy, did you Bro see the, the Jared Cook touchdown? I did. I did see the Jared Cook touchdown, and I thought it was a great throw. Uh, kind of trying to remember it. Maybe not off back foot, but I think there was pressure coming up the front a little. And so Breeze had to lean back and just throw it on an arc to try and, to try and one what? right on hooks. What's that? To try and what? You broke up again? To try and throw it on an arc to get over the two the two defenders, one on Cook's hip, and then one a little bit playing closer to the goal line. Right over the top, Cook did what he needed to do with his big size and frame, go up and get it at the highest point. Felt when he fell down, he kind of got the wind knocked out of him. 
but it was a you know strong hands, strong play, and, and I love to see that from our tight end that we expect a lot of, but just haven't seen the production so far. Yeah, no, good points, and and I thought that touchdown was huge. Um, you know, we we had gotten two field goals, and um, we we needed to get the ball in the end zone. Um, it, you know, we just couldn't keep settling, and that was a big play. Uh, nice to see Jared Cook step up. Uh, that was that was really big. Uh, pass rush, no doubt. In the first uh, first half, the pass rush uh, was very impressive. Cam Jordan was on a mission the whole game. Uh, he wound up getting a, a one and a half sacks, I believe, officially to his credit. Um, but he he was wreaking havoc almost on every pass play. Um, Interesting, we didn't see a whole lot of activity from some of the other members. Uh, later in the game, I wrote down the, again, and I mentioned this last week, but does Sheldon Rankin still play for us? And sure enough, uh, he did make his presence known with a roughing the passer penalty. And when they called the penalty on him, I was reminded he does indeed still play for the Saints. Um, so that was very interesting. Selecting yellow hanky. Yes, it was. Make yourself known. Yes, it was. Um, well, look, to, to – uh kind of make myself feel that I can contribute something to this conversation. I'm going to get a few stats your way, James, and then we'll, we'll kind of divulge a little bit more into them. Uh, with today's victory, Breeze is still undefeated in games after games where he throws zero passing touchdowns. He is now 7-0 and with that. Uh, Michael Thomas, you know, obviously, what can you say? Uh, Breeze even mentioned after in the uh, locker room that this was a ho-hum day for Michael Thomas. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. I'd love to have ho-hum days every single day. But with today's performance, Michael Thomas becomes the first player in NFL history to uh, record more than 90 receptions in his team's first 10 games of a season. His 94 receptions surpassed the previous high of 89 held by which Hall of Famer, James? I'm going to go with Would you like a hint? Lance Allworth. This cat made the mustache look cool. Fred Bolitnikoff. Oh, I like the way you think, Greaseball. Uh, Marvin Harrison. And that record was also tied with a dynamic receiver in the NFC South that still plays today. His name is he still plays today? Mike Evans. Julio Jones, also known as Julio. Uh, also, Michael Thomas is the first to have 90 receptions in each of his first four seasons. So two records, all-time NFL history, Michael Thomas was able to accomplish today. Uh, if we're looking at other streaks being extended, this was Breeze's 160th career game with at least two touchdowns. That's good for third all-time. Uh, Saints are now 9-0 and when Alvin Kamara has at least 20 touches. He had 23 today, 13 runs. Uh, when you look at volume of Breeze's completions and where they went, Thomas and Kamara had 64% of his completions. Uh, now, like yeah, it did seem like we had a lot. I think Josh Hill maybe had one or two. I think Taysom had one or two. Uh, Zach Line had one. So, if you look at the stat sheet, through to about eight or nine different, but no doubt where the volume goes, and that's through Thomas and Kamara. Uh, now, one uh, unfortunate streak that continued, 
is Alvin Kamara's streak with zero scrimmage touchdowns now to five straight games. Longest streak of his career, but again, uh, that's pretty relative. Uh, Breeze loves playing against the Bucks. He has 55 career passing touchdowns against them, the most against any team. For all you fantasy players out there, Michael Thomas has 20-plus fantasy points in each of his last four games versus the Bucks. So any future... Yep. But I, for those of you fortunate enough to have him, uh, you're probably winning and doing pretty well. Jimmy, you talked about the Saints' four interceptions earlier. It is the first time the Saints' defense recorded four interceptions since 2012, and this is the first time that we have swept the Bucks since 2014. Now, not to be outdone uh, history taking place, Ted Ginn recorded his 400th catch today in the third quarter, becoming the 250th player in NFL history to do so. Uh, let's see. Got a couple other ones here. DeMario let, me, uh, let me expand on that for a second for, for those of you at home. Um, so it took Ted Ginn uh, midway through his 13th season to get 400 catches. And, yes, if you remember correctly, just a couple of weeks ago or maybe even last week, Michael Thomas got his 400th catch. So to put it into perspective, Thomas was able to do in less than four years what it took Ginn 13 years to do. That's what, that, that just shows how crazy it is, the volume of catches Thomas is getting week in and week out. Gandalf. Did you say Gandalf? I said dynamite drop in, Monty. Broadcasting oh, yeah. school has really paid off. What's Technical not paying off is this Wi-Fi that I'm getting at this hotel. I won't yes. name it, but it's pretty shoddy. shoddy. Okay. Nice save. Nice you save. like that, huh? All right. Uh, Demario Davis's pick was only his second ever in the regular season, which I found a little, a little strange. Uh, but you know, there it is. Von Bell recorded his first pick ever. Um, now, a, a real quick kind of aside here, as we were watching the game, the parts that I did watch, right after Davis had that pick where the ball kind of went around the back and, and just kind of fell into his lap a little bit where he dove for it, uh, I, I was telling the people I was watching the game with, I said, take your shot. This is the perfect opportunity to take your shot. It's on kind of this type interception. Don't wait. First and 10, take your shot. And that's when we made that throw to Thomas. Uh, kind of a back shoulder, but it was more over the shoulder. Still, Thomas had to turn around and shield the defender uh, with the opposite side of his body. But, you know, pretty impressive nonetheless. And I'm glad we took the shot at that point. Peyton's never lacked aggression. Uh, so I was, I was glad to see that. And uh, finally, the Saints have not lost back-to-back -back games since weeks one and two of the 2017 season. James, with Gander, I did say Gander. At which two teams those were? I remember that, um, but now I'm probably going to struggle to make the call. Um, yeah, I got CTE. I have no idea. <laughs> Opening week, Monday night football against Teddy Bridgewater's Minnesota Vikings. At Minnesota, we lose 29-19. Come back the next week and face the New England Patriots at home losing 36 to 20. That was a little fire Marshall Bill right there. I, I like that. Anyway. Okay. So let's talk. Issues are grand. What? 
All so right. these technical Thanks. issues are grand. Go ahead. They are they are grand. And speaking of grand, I think he's close to the Grand Casino. Oh, no, that's the Hollywood. That's my bad. All right. So here's for a little uh, controversy, as some people call it. Um, Breeze had an opportunity in the fourth drive of the game during the second half. I mean, the first half, second quarter. And we got behind the sticks a little bit. And Breeze had to tr attempt to complete about an 18-yard pass. It was, I think, second and 18. He threw an out or comeback route to Ted Ginn that took two hours and 35 minutes to get there. It was so bad and so slow. I had to kind of think through it and say, did, did, is his arm dead? Does he not have an arm left? And sure enough, the very next play on third and 18, he threw something similar, and it took about another two hours and 35 minutes for the ball to get there, and it almost got picked off. Similar? Hence, similar. Similar. Hence, I will tell you that it is no coincidence that we don't throw the ball deep or down the field anymore. I think they want to play it safe. They know he doesn't have enough zip on the ball to get it in tight windows deep down the field. And hence, everything is 15 yards and in. Now, he's still the most accurate guy you'll ever play against, but he just does not have the zip he used to, nor did I when I turned 40. Um, but I think that's that's going to potentially be a little problematic. And um, if we don't get a, a, another weapon uh, outside of Thomas and Kamara, uh, granted Cook's doing a little bit, but Troy Quan Smith, just invisible. Uh, anybody else playing wide receiver, invisible. Ginn might have had a catch or two. He did have a touchdown. But um, I, I'm concerned that, that Breeze has lost a little bit, unless unless it's his thumb and he can't squeeze it as hard as he wants to on the deeper throws. That might have something to do with it. But um, uh, that that really shocked me, and it made me uh, concerned. I don't know if you saw that play before you had to head out, Troy. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember that. But I will say that uh... – uh, my buddy Dwayne, my buddy Dwayne, same guy that last week told me outside the dome, he just, he was scared. He didn't, he, he felt a lack of urgency and, you know, and kind of just real flat. Uh, he texted, we got a little group text going on. He texted saying Breeze arm is done. It's gone. You know, fact. I think that's how he ended. Oh, I bet you it was after fact. the same two plays. I bet you it's so, the same two plays I was referring to. Yeah, it had to be, it had to be those same two plays. Uh, listen, one question I wanted to ask you uh, and ask our uh, you know, 13 listeners is um, how did Nick Easton play uh, kind of having his first, you know, extended game day experience uh, before I before I was able to uh, or before I left before. I... Good night, James. What is wrong with me before I left? the vicinity of watching the Saints play, it seemed like the O-line was playing pretty well. How'd they play the rest of the game? I'm glad you brought that up because he was going to be my Datu play of the game, and that is Nick Easton uh, was activated. You know, he was a, a free agent signee. Uh, some people were a little excited because we, we, we knew we had to replace Unger, uh, and then we drafted McCoy, so then we kind of had a, a little bit of a luxury there. But I can tell you, last week when Claps stepped in for Pete, he got kind of manhandled, bull rushed several times. And while Breeze did get sacked once, it wasn't at the expense, ex expense of Easton, and I thought he did really expense? well. 
Thank you, Helpy Helperton. Uh, what a broadcast tonight. Uh, but no, Easton did a, phenomenal. He did a heck of a job. Um, you didn't bring up his name on time. No penalties. Uh, we actually had 73 yards rushing in the first half against the, I think they said it was the number one rushing defense uh, in the league. Uh, so I, I thought he did great, and I think he was better than Pete, to be honest with you. So I'm very excited about that. I thought the offensive line played really, really well. Uh, speaking of running or rushing, um, the rushing defense, now granted they didn't have to take care of too many uh, attempts, but similar to the Chicago game, um, Tampa finished with eight rushes for 36 yards, which is pretty pathetic. But what makes it even more pathetic is if you take away the one Winston scramble for 23 yards, you're looking at seven rushes, 13 yards. That is paltry, to say the least. Um, overall, again, great game. I, th I thought, uh, you know, we go into halftime, 20 to zip. Um, we should have came out and just, you know, shut the door on them, take any life away. And similar to what we've done in the past, uh, we let them go down the field. They get a big play. They get a couple of field goals. And before you know it, it was a 10-point game. Uh, and people started getting a little bit nervous. Uh, we got, I don't want to say lucky, but Winston uh, did not have his best game and just gifted us, uh, gifted Marcus Williams a, a beautiful pick six. Great timing, and that pretty much shut the door in the game. But uh, before that, um, I think uh, Saints fans and Houdet Nation were getting a little bit nervous. Uh, offense started sputtering a little bit. Um, started? Know, was that a was that a shellmet? Shellmation? What was that? What was the term? Started? 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 Started and started. We were started. So, uh, in any case. I've wrote down again several times, no receivers but Thomas. This will kill us this year. We cannot win without another weapon. I don't. I saw another Des Bryant video uh, this past week. He's ready to go. Put him in, coach. Let's go. What are we waiting on? Um, are you getting really like a little side bonus if he gets signed or something? I think I mean, so. I, I, I mean, so. gee. I'm all I about what, it, but I need, to, I need to see it. I need to see it. Yeah, the only weapon that really hurt us today was Cameron Brate, who had 10 catches, trying to pull off his own version of Mike Thomas. Granted, every one of them was a five-yard uh, curl route over the middle. So not a whole lot of yardage, but he did have a number of catches against us. Uh, Kamara had 10 grabs as well, but his yards per catch were not very good. Uh, but in any case... Uh, and and in did. our offense, James, those those are runs. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the yeah. style that... that Peyton likes to play it's in a third and one and a third and two where more conventional teams may run that ball where we hit one of those swing passes to Kamara uh, or even Murray if he's in the game. Um, and we kind of view those as, as run plays. So, yeah, I mean, that not to, but I don't know that we're looking for a whole lot. Of, uh, we're just looking to move those chains and whatever those distances may be at that time. Oh, did you say move those chains? All right. You say that, but not quite the way it's said in the Superdome on purpose. <laughs> um, speaking but of look, Kamara, there, there, was oh, go ahead. One, there was one play um, I thought where, you know, he showed kind of glimpses of himself where he caught a little three or four yard pass, 
The defender had him in his grasp. He kind of slipped him and then made another person miss and went for about 14. But he, he still doesn't look like he has the extra gear yet. Not sure if the ankle's not 100%, but I think he's coming along, uh, which is a good sign for us. Um, but, you know, overall, again, secondary did a great job without Lattimore to hold Godwin and Evans in check. Uh, they were very frustrated, you could tell. Um, that whole offense was frustrated. Uh, and overall, like I said, for, for us to come out after the Atlanta game, which, hey, by the way, was not necessarily a fluke. I think they found some things in the bye week because look at what they did to Carolina today. Um, the rematch on Thanksgiving night will be no joke. That should be an awesome game. So I'm very much looking forward to that one. Um, looking but, forward no, think, to about three pounds of baked mac. Oof. But that's just me. That's yeah, just me. I, I think the players of the game today, really, I mean, other than your, your obvious Thomas and Breeze, whatever, Easton and Kiko. Kiko led the team today in tackles, made some great uh, defensive plays as well. Um, and so it's it's that was a great ad- late uh, offseason addition, and I think starting to really pay off as much as we, I think, and now the coaches are saying that Klein cannot cover. Uh, I think that's a big play. And the other thing I wanted to bring up too was the the attempt or the lack thereof uh, of getting Hill in the game plan today. Um, they did try to force it. Uh, Spielman, who was announcing the game, was getting very upset. He couldn't believe they would take Breeze out while he's got some momentum going. Um, but they didn't give Hill many chances today. And the one time I thought he really could have did something, they threw him a little quick screen um, outside. And they didn't let him get far enough outside. And he was kind of caught by... Uh, the linebackers and everybody else kind of washing out towards the sideline. I wish they would have let him get a little wider and he would have blown past those guys and and probably had a huge play, Um, but not many touches today. Um, Maybe they're going to bottle that up and wait for the right time since this game was pretty much in check. Although, like I said, once they kind of gave up a few scores and and we stopped getting first downs, it made it a little more interesting, but uh, overall, um, to hold them to about 330 yards of total offense, Tampa does actually have one of the more explosive offenses. Um, and again, 36 yards rushing, um, that, that doesn't hurt, that's for sure. Excellent analysis, James. Excellent analysis. Looking at a few more stats from a team perspective here, uh, I thought we incorporated the rush a little bit more today, 219 pass yards, 109 rushing yards. Uh, we had two defensive sacks. Looking at third down conversion uh, offensively, 53%, which definitely trending in the right direction. Defensively, 38% holding them, uh, which is great. Time of possession. Uh, enjoyed a, a short um, difference Uh-oh. there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can now. All right. So, yeah, we had the ball for 37 minutes. They had it for 23 now, the one part that I didn't see a whole lot of when I was watching, but we ended up with nine penalties. How sloppy was that second half? It was pretty sloppy. Um, it uh, And unfortunately, a lot of those penalties were on the offensive. Well, actually, it was pretty split. But on the, the offensive penalties that we did have, Jared Cook had two holding penalties throughout the game, uh, and both were on big gains, big uh, swing passes and or screens. Um, we also had um, we had an offensive 
pass interference or an offensive holding call on a screen where they said the receiver got into his block before the ball was caught. Uh, you don't see that called every day. And then on defense, of course, we had our uh, plethora of defensive holding, pass interference. Um, and I think everybody had one. Uh, CJ had one. Uh, PJ Williams had one. Uh, Eli Apple had one. So they definitely spread the wealth a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, did, I didn't like that at all. The penalties and the, I guess, being a Louisiana boy, um, I think we'd be remiss to, to not mention Devin White, the ex LSU Tiger, had a big game for the Bucks, leading them in tackles with 11. So it was kind of good to see him moving around well. I know he didn't play against us the first time. I think he was uh, still nursing an injury. Um, but yeah, I didn't like the penalties coming up, and the next two weeks are going to be pretty tough. Uh, I think the Panthers are in do-or-die mode coming in next week, so uh, they're going to have to clean this up a little bit. And Breeze did mention that in the post-game interview, um, that he, he knows we left some things out there. We're, we're still not quite crisp. Uh, he did try to his signature uh, hop over the line of scrimmage, this time not for a touchdown, but to get a first down. And I thought we got really lucky with the spot. Uh, the announcers mentioned that, you know, it's not like – breaking the plane uh, um, of the goal line to get a touchdown. If you dive and the ball goes over, but you're not touched yet, and then you bring it back into your chest, and then you're tackled or touched, that's where the ball should be spotted. So I thought we got a big break there on a fourth and, uh, fourth down. Granted, we wound up putting, punting later, so I don't think it was that big of a deal in the game. But um, Want to go hit the greens? You, you putting or you punting? Punting. <laughs> punting. All right. Well, look, it's about that time, James. Give us your beignets. Beignet yes. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to say on offense, I am going to give the beignet, probably not a popular choice, but I'm going to give it to the entire offensive line. Um, I think last week, let's just say it like, like we saw it, they got their butts whipped. Uh, giving up six sacks. Uh, they were just a mess. Atlanta was getting through the line of scrimmage. People who hadn't had a sack since Nam were getting sacks. It was terrible. It That's was, been a long time. It, it's been a while. And I thought they came out and played really well today. The one sack that, that was given up was, a, I think it was like a corner blitz or something that we just didn't pick up. It wasn't like anybody really got beat. Um, and then uh, the, the rushing game looked really well. So I'm going to give it to the whole offensive line, especially with a newcomer who has never taken a live snap during the regular season with the rest of the, the O-line being Easton. Uh, so I'm going to let those guys eat. Give them some uh, some beignets. Well, usually that, that would be the dad who. The beignets, I'm going to say. Yeah, I was going to – I was letting you, you know, letting you run the Thanks race. Thanks for, for not catching there. me while I hung myself. <laughs> Appreciate you. Nice of you to be distributing your beignets because I know that's pretty hard for you to do. But exactly how many are you giving to the offense? Oh yeah, so I'm gonna go the very unpopular because Troy never leaves a half a beignet. I'm gonna go with three and a half. Um, not quite even a B minus ish three and a half beignets. I thought they left too many points on the the scoreboard. Um, on the field to, to be up 20 to nothing and only get seven more offensive points. The whole second half I thought was weak. Um, 
But otherwise, they did what they needed to do. So three and a half, not horrible, not great. Three and a half beignets. On the defensive side, um, they get a pick six. They get four picks. They get two sacks. Um, they held them to 36 yards rushing. Uh, I'm going to give them four and a half beignets. Um, it, it was close to being perfect. I thought they gave up a couple of big plays. Uh, one long bomb to a guy I never heard of. Miller, I think was his name. Some really fast white guy. Never heard of him. But um, gave up a big play there. Gave up another big play to, to Evans late. And then didn't quite shut the door. Um, but gave up 17 points. Hey, that's a solid game. Four and a half. And then on special teams, um, I'm probably going to go probably four on special teams. Um, had a good punt return from Kamara. Lutz hit some some money field goals. Morstead had another solid day. We didn't give up any big punt or kick returns. So, uh, yeah, I think four is a good solid number for them. Nice. Nice. Uh, now, uh, surprise us, if you will, with your tattoo player of the game. So the tattoo player of the game, I've teased it. I've said it. I think he's gotten plenty of uh, airtime during this podcast. Nick Eaton. What a game. Uh, just the fact that he didn't bring a lot of attention upon himself, held his own. Uh, I didn't, I forgot and Dominican Sue even played today. Like, I didn't even know he was on the field, and that guy used to wreck us. Uh, so, excellent job today. Um, yes, I said it. I think he's going to be an upgrade from Pete. Just saying. Um that's my dad's who play the game on the who dad player. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you were doing your Chris Berman impersonation. There you get is. There it is. Okay, so the who dad, like who is that? Like what in the world? Um, it was a tough choice today. Um. Again, I did mention earlier Sheldon Rankins. Didn't even realize he, he still played. But I'm probably going to give that to the whole defensive line minus Cam Jordan. Davenport might have been mentioned once. Onyemata, never heard of him today. Tuttle, never heard of him today. What about uh, Onyemata? Hendrickson, never heard of him today. I mean, I, I don't know what these guys are doing, but they got to take pressure off. Cam Jordan did what he did, and he was double teamed almost every play. That's what made that today's uh, performance even that much more impressive. So that's points, James. what I got. Today. That's what he's got, peeps. That's what he's got. All right, if we're turning the page, looking to next week, we did kind of leave you with a cliffhanger earlier talking about how Atlanta was maybe able to make some gains during the bye and then come out against us and then come out against Carolina. Uh, pretty much dominate that game. Uh Carolina now sits at five and five. Like James said, it's it's do or die at this point if they want to salvage the season. Uh, they're three games back. Three up. games what? Three games back. There you go. Thank you, thank you. Uh, anyway, three games back. And but uh, next week's going to be going to be a tipping point for sure in their season. Just looking at some of their offensive playmakers. You know, it starts and ends with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he is uh, he, he has already put the NFL kind of on, on notice here, but 
the way he's playing this season and how much they are depending on him. I mean, I don't have any stats here, but if he's not accounting for 75% of their offense, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who is. I mean, they are just riding his back and each week he's grinding it out, touching the ball game and just producing. All and we need to do I, is put AJ Klein on him. We're done. That's it. Oh, settled. Just put him on there. Mono and it's game over. Uh, me a little nervous there how we're going to game plan on him kyle allen you know you got what probably about 10 weeks of film on him or maybe not 10 a little less than that uh four interceptions today so uh he's going to be looking for a little redemption for position dj moore curtis samuel curtis samuel is another hybrid back similar to mccaffrey uh and then greg olson who i i love watching greg olson play nothing fancy just gritty uh tough you know a couple injuries that that took him out of the season a, a few times. Um, so he, he's definitely a driven player. Uh, I loved him in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I just think he's a, he's a great all-around guy that can get that offense moving and move them chains. Anyway, offensively. got fit in there, but it, was, it sounded great. Pretty, pretty seamless. Uh, and then... Uh, on the defensive side, you got Luke Keekley, sideline to sideline. I mean, you know, in, in all seriousness, I know in quite a few years he has had several concussion scares, uh, and, I, I, you know, you just hate talented player scheme against offensively. They got Eric Reed at the safety position from San Francisco, LSU boy, um, playing well. They got Gerald McCoy, uh, who will definitely be familiar with us and we with him from his Tampa Bay days. And then they also have Bruce Irvin, uh, who came over from Seattle as part of that Legion of Boom defense. Now, James, did you know that Bruce Irvin is six foot three? I did not know that. If you flip that, you get three foot six. And if you take away the comments at the top, you get 36. Yes, you heard it. 36 straight games holding the opponent's rusher under 100 yards. Nice one. Uh, I think that one might get challenged with McCaffrey next week, but bring it. Let's see what happens. But um, to comment on one of the players you just mentioned, uh, Luke Keekley, um, if you're just a football fan, and I know, you know, we're in the Florida Lee, we're going to be a little biased, and we pretty much try to hate all our enemies when it comes to on the football field. But if you just – if you don't appreciate that guy and the way he plays the game 100% every single play, sideline to sideline – emotional as can be as you've seen when he's gotten hurt or things happen um you know he'll shed tears like like nobody's business but definitely enjoy uh watching him play not necessarily making great plays against us but um definitely appreciate uh, uh, an all-around good football player like that absolutely and when i was looking up some statistics i was a little surprised to find out if you take the collective body of work of uh every game played between carolina and new orleans uh, we have a losing record. We're 23 and 25 against them uh, in the Breeze Payton era. There's been 26 regular season games. We're 12 and 14. Uh, however, we are three and one in the last two years. So let uh, me ask you a question. Let's write right. the script a little bit here. Yes, sir. Would you rather play Carolina Liner? Carolina? Carolina with. Is that a jig that I use on my fishing pole? Carolina? <laughs> Kyle Allen? Or would you rather face Cam Newton? 
it's a good question. It's a good question. Why I asked it. To take away the threat of the running game, I would probably prefer Allen, although I, I feel Allen is probably being a little more not making as many that Cam would, but just being the physical specimen Cam is, it is fun to, to play against him and get those sacks, you know, but he's also whatever, 6'4", 260, so he's, he's a big guy that can extend some plays. Uh, I'd probably prefer Allen, uh, but again, I think he's going to play a more conservative game. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting answer. I would say, for me, um, two years ago, I would have said, oh, God, give me anybody but Cam Newton because of his scrambling ability and running on us. But the last couple of times we played him with that bum shoulder, he couldn't throw the ball out of, you know, off a boat. He, 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 he was just hurt. He was injured. And, yeah, I would much rather face that version of Cam than this Kyle Allen character. But in any case, um, be an interesting game. I think we really need this one. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of breathing room between us and the Panthers for the, the division championship. But that's not what we're really interested in at this point. Uh, I think we absolutely need the first round by and then a home game, but ideally we want the NFC championship to come through the dome. So uh, that's what we're hoping for. And to get there, uh, we almost got a little help from the Arizona Cardinals today, but San Francisco got hot at the end and, and uh, took that game. But I still think they have some tough tests ahead. So we just need to keep winning and let the, uh, the rest take care of itself. And what a time to be a Saints fan, Jimmy. Just listening to you saying, you know, winning the divisional title is not really our goal. I mean, you you go back 10 years, 15 years, having a winning record was the goal. So um, it's just an amazing time to be a Saints fan. Talking about Breeze's arm and, and how been may, maybe falling off a little bit. Kind of reminds me of Peyton's last couple of years in Denver. Still surgical, still accurate, but just not a lot of velocity on those throws and, and trying to change the game plan around that uh, and still being successful. But, uh, you know, the fact that that we're not going to be satisfied unless that championship comes through New Orleans is a testament to the work that's been put in with Mickey Loomis, uh, you know, Tom Benson, Gail Benson, uh, Sean Payton, and obviously all the players that have been around since 2006, building this dynasty, building this, this team, Did he just uh, say and not settling for just... I, Did we just get? Be careful now, James. We not to hear that. But anyway, I say dynasty. When you look at Sean Payton's overall overall record, several years of playoff berths there. That's two. Wow! You definitely need to listen to this have. back when you get a second because that whiffy over in Baton Rouge, horrible. That's just horrible, knucklehead. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say that that impression of Charles Barkley was terrible. Bunch of knucklehead trying to get on here telling me that I'm terrible. No, you're terrible, son. All right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, point being, if you didn't hear anything that I just said, I made some fabulous points about how we are a dynasty. Uh, but the fact that we're not settling for anything less than an NFC championship in our house uh, is a testament to what we've put out on the field these last few years and the expectations of our fan base. So, James, I agree with you on that. We just got to keep pushing it, pedal to the metal, take care of business, uh, aim for the divisional title first, obviously, but have bigger picture there with uh, contending for the overall seed against Green Bay, against San Francisco. Hopefully we get a little help along the way, but it's in our hands. You take care of business, you get the wins you need, everything else falls into play.
That's it, brother. That's it. All right, Saints fans. Until next week. Low bros. Out. Good. Good.